Welcome to the third episode of In the Word with Mel Bennett, a study of scripture passages from the Word of God. It's great to have you with us. My name is Steve Webb. If this is your first time with us, we're happy that you're here today. If you were here for the first two episodes, thanks for joining us again. Today, Pastor Bennett will discuss verses 4 and 5 from the Gospel of John. The Apostle John talks about two themes here, life and light. So let's see what Pastor B has to say. Oh, and by the way, I'll have a suggestion for you at the end of today's show based on something Pastor Bennett says near the end of today's message too. So be sure to listen all the way to the end of the podcast. Now, here is Pastor Mel Bennett. Good morning. Good to have you with us today. Today's podcast may be a bit shorter because I'm preparing to take a trip to Virginia, both to see my youngest grandson graduate from high school and to see two of my daughters who live in Virginia. The other lives right here in Moreno Valley. If everything works out right, my next podcast will come to you from Virginia. So let's go right into the Word of God today and see what the Lord has for us. We're going to talk about two great themes that the Apostle John brings out in his Gospel, life and light. And it comes from John, the first chapter, verses 4 and 5. We read these words, In him was life, And the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The fourth gospel begins and ends with life. Here at the very beginning we read that Jesus was life. And at the very end of the gospel we read that John's aim in writing the book was according to John 20 and 31, that men may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you might have life through his name. The word is continually on the lips of Jesus, for he says it is the regret of Jesus that men will not come to him, that they might have life, John 5 and 40. It is Jesus' claim that he came that men might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly, John 10, 10. He claims that he gives men life, and they will never perish, because no one will pluck them out of his hand, John 10:28. See, it is Jesus' claim over and over again that it is his claim that he is the way, the truth, and the life, John 14 and 6. In the gospel, the word for life is zoe, Z-O-E, and it occurs some 35 times, and the verb to live, to live, or to have life is Z-E-N, Those two words, zoe and zen, are in the Greek, and zen appears more than 15 times. What then does John mean by life? First of all, I believe he means that life is the opposite of destruction, condemnation, and death. God sent his Son that those who believe should not perish but have everlasting life, John 3.16. The person who hears and believes has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, John 5.24 says. Again, the Bible says there is a contrast between the resurrection to life and the resurrection to condemnation, John 5.29. Those to whom Jesus gives life will never perish, John tells us in John 10.28. There is in Jesus that which gives a person security, 
in this life and the life that is to come. Until we accept Jesus and take him as our, to be our Savior and place him on the throne of our life and take him as our King, we cannot be sure to have life at all. Though the one who lives a Christless life exists, but they do not know what life really is. I call them walking dead men. Jesus is that one person who can make life worth living and in whose company death is only a pure prelude to a fuller life. Secondly, John is quite sure that although Jesus is the bringer of life, the source and the author of life and the giver of life is God the Father. Again and again, John uses the phrase in his writings, the living God. The whole Bible repeatedly does this. It is the will of the Father who sent Jesus, that everyone who sees Jesus and believes on him should have life, John 6, 40. Jesus is the giver of life because the Father has set his own seal of approval upon him. John 6 and 27 says, Jesus gives life to as many as God has given him. John 17 and verse number 2. At the back of all there is God. It is as though God was saying, I created people that they should have life, real life. Through their sin, they have ceased to live and only exist. I have sent my Son to enable them to let them know what real life is. Thirdly, we need to ask ourselves the question, what this life is. Again and again, the fourth gospel uses the phrase eternal life. The word John uses for eternal is aeonis. This is a Greek word again. Now clearly, whatever eternal life is, it is not life which lasts forever. It is obvious that a life that lasts forever could be a most terrible curse. Often the one thing for which men have many times longed for is the release from life. In eternal life, there must be more than the duration of life. There must be a certain quality of life. Life is not desirable unless it is a certain kind of life. Now here we have a clue. Aeonius is an adjective which is repeatedly used to describe God. In the true sense of the word, only God is eternal. Therefore, eternal life is that life which God lives. What Jesus offers us from God is God's very life, our very own life. Eternal life is a life which knows something of the serenity and the power of the life of God himself. When Jesus came offering men eternal life, he was inviting men to enter into the very life of God himself. Well, the question then we rises, how can we enter into that life? Well, we enter into that life by believing in Jesus Christ. The word for to believe occurs in the fourth gospel some 70 times. Think of it. If you believe on the Son, you will have everlasting life, John 3.36 tells us. If you believe on, in me, says Jesus, you will have everlasting life, John 6.47. It is God's will that people should see the Son and believe in him and have everlasting life, he says in John 5.26. What does John mean by to believe? He means two things, I think. He, he means that we must be convinced that Jesus is really and truly the Son of God. He means that we must come make up our minds about Jesus. After all, if Jesus is only a man, there is no reason why we should give him the complete obedience 
that he demands. We need to look at him, learn about him, study him, think about him, until we reach the conclusion that this is none other than the Son of the living God. There is more than intellectual knowledge, though, and belief to this. To believe in Jesus must mean to take Jesus at his word. It means to accept his commandments as absolutely binding, to come to believe without question that what he says is true, to act on the conviction that he cannot do anything other than to take him at his word. So it is necessary for us to accept more than an intellectual belief about Jesus, but we need to accept his commandments and make them absolutely binding in our lives. For John, belief has three steps then. It means the conviction of the mind that Jesus is the Son of God. Secondly, it means the trust of the heart that everything Jesus says is true. And thirdly, I believe it means the basing of everyone's action in life is on the unshakable assurance that we must take Jesus at his word. When we do this, we stop existing and begin living. We know what life with a capital L really means. The second of the great truths or themes that John brings out in this passage of the word is this, light. The word light occurs in the fourth gospel 21 times. Jesus is the light of men. The function of John the Baptist was to point men to that light, which was in Christ. Twice Jesus calls himself the light of the world in John 8:12 and 9:5. This light can be in people also, John 11:10 tells, tells us, so that they can become children of the light. John 12:36. I am come a light unto the world. John 12:46 said Jesus. John wants us to understand something of the idea of the light which Jesus brings into the world. The light which Jesus brings is the light which puts chaos to flight. In the creation story, God moved upon the dark, formless chaos, which was before the world began, and said, Let there be light. The newly created light of God routed the empty chaos into which it came. And so it is. Jesus is the light which shines in the darkness, John 1, 5. Jesus is the one person who can save life from becoming a chaos. Left to ourselves, we are at the mercy of our passions, our desires, our fears, and our dreads. When Jesus dawns upon life, then light comes. One of the oldest fears in the world that man has is a fear of the dark. Life is dark full of nameless dreads, until Jesus comes. Secondly, the light which Jesus brings is a revealing light. It is a condemnation of men that they love darkness rather than light, and they did so because their deeds were evil. They have hated the light, lest their deeds should be reproved, John three nineteen and 20 says. The light which Jesus brings is something which shows things as they are, It strips away the disguises and the concealments. It shows things in all their nakedness. It shows them in their true character and their true values. Long ago, a cynic said, Men hate the truth, for the truth is like the light to sore eyes. The light shows things as they are then. The disguises, the outer wrappings, the transparencies are stripped away. 
and everything stands revealed in the light, in the naked and awful loneliness of that of which it essentially is. We never see ourselves until we see ourselves through the eyes of Jesus. We never see what our lives are like until we see them in the light of Jesus. Jesus often drives us to God by revealing us to ourselves. That light which Jesus brings is a guiding light, thirdly. If a person does not possess that light, they walk in darkness, and they do not know where they are going, John 12, 36 tells us. When a person receives that light and believes in it, they walk no longer in darkness, John 12:46. One of the features of the gospel stories, which no one can miss, is the number of people who came running to Jesus asking, What am I to do? When Jesus comes into the life, the time of guessing and groping ended. The time of doubt and uncertainty and vacillation was gone. The path that was darkness becomes light. The decision that was wrapped in a night of uncertainty is illuminated. Without Jesus, we are like men groping on an unknown road in a dark blackness. With him, the way is clear. My friend, why not take Jesus as your Savior now? The darkness and uncertainty of life will end because he will bring his life on the matter. Listen to the beautiful words of Fanny Crosby in closing. One of the things that I like to do periodically on this broadcast or this podcast is to share with you some of the great old hymns of the church. This is one of them. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. May God make this podcast a blessing to you today. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, I'm sure that Pastor Bennett would be thrilled to hear from you. You can email him at Pastor B at LifespringMedia.com. Next week, he'll have more on the theme of light from verse 5, and then he'll tackle verses 6 through 9, which talks about why John the Baptist preceded Jesus. Now, just before Pastor Bennett's message today, I promised to give you a suggestion based upon something Pastor was going to say. In today's message, he recited the words of the great old hymn, Blessed Assurance. One of the other podcasts in the LifeSpring family is called LifeSpring Hymn Stories. And in that show, I share the stories behind some of the great old hymns of the faith, and then I play the song. One of those episodes is about Blessed Assurance. If you'd like to hear that podcast, just go to blessedassurance.lifespringmedia.com. If you like the old hymns, I think you'll enjoy that episode. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I'm Steve Webb. Bye.